You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Now, this is Ramban versus Rambam. Uh, last week, what we dealt with was uh, a total picture from the Ramban's perspective of what mitzvahs are meant to do. We started, of course, with the Pesach of Achai Bahem, and we talked about how mitzvahs, and in general, connection to God leads to this eternal life and a different approach to mitzvahs um, in general, what your attitudes attitude could be. Uh, one of the things that we were zeroing in on was the point, and that was one of the last things that we mentioned last week, was the fact that the Torah, in its system of mitzvahs, isn't the Ramban says, trying to give us uh, a, a, a complete breakdown that responds to every aspect of our life. Clearly, as we've said in many in the weeks that we have been studying this, that the mitzvahs have a purpose. The mitzvahs elevate us. The mitzvahs make us greater. The mitzvahs bond us to God. We're going to find tonight that the Ramban and the Rambam both agree on this very important point. The mitzvahs, of course, are not meant as a way, as a dictatorial way, to just submit to the will of God and to show fealty. Um, and, and it behooves us to try to understand them. I think the Ramban's approach is, is, is quite different. Uh, and in one way it's different is the Ramban feels that actions that we have to take on are implied by the mitzvahs. Meaning, the mitzvahs aren't complete. The mitzvahs, and one of the, the arguments against the rationale for mitzvahs are that there seems to be areas of our lives that aren't governed by those mitzvahs. And therefore, how could you say this is the purpose of Torah mitzvahs when certain areas of our life we have no uh, clarification, no clarity from God about what we're supposed to do? It, may, it makes you think that these are what we need to do, and it isn't part of a complete whole that is supposed to embrace everything. The Ramban fights strongly against that in two places. The first place is what we mentioned at the end of last week of Asisa Yosher Vahatov, where he says that clearly in civic and civil law and, and, and in terms of compassion that is shown by so much of, uh, of the Torah mitzvahs, it lends us and forces us to expand. And the rabbis were able to divine what really the will of the Torah was. Now again, so it gets into a little bit of a, a semantical and sometimes a thorny philosophical question. Well, is that the Torah or is that the rabbis talking? The Ramban feels when the rabbis do that, they are following what the Torah wants us to do, the Torah wants us to use our mind to expand and develop and sense what the constructs are about. In another way, the Ramban says that, in this famous Ramban, and that's where we'll start tonight, just to put an ending on that part of what we were talking about. In other words, the idea that the extracting from the particular, extracting from the the specific mitzvos, extracting a core whole from that. 
That is really the Ramban's approach in mitzvahs. And you see this here in one of the most famous pieces of the Ramban, which is on Kedoshim Tiyu. Many of you have, are, have probably learned this Ramban. I know that in many of the girls' schools, uh, this is one of the first uh, pieces of Ramban that is taught, uh, maybe in the boys' schools as well. I, I do know that many people know it, and I am sort of loath to re- learn it again with you because, oh, I've heard this Ramban before. But if I've earned your trust over the last 17 or 18 weeks, whatever it is that we've been doing this, then um, let's try to learn this Ramban together. And again, I know it's going to be somewhat familiar. This is, of course, the Ramban at the beginning of Parshat's Kedoshim. Uh, Rashi says, of course, Kedoshim Tiyu means Haviprushim in Arayos and Avera. Now, what does Rashi mean by Avera? The Ramban doesn't really go into, but it would seem that Avera is some sort of sexual Avera. I think he, uh, I, I sort of believe he's talking about, um, you know, onanism or masturbation. I think that's what he's referring to. But anyway, the point is, is that Rashi says that Kedoshim is to be not just to follow the, the mitzvahs of the Arayos, but to really remove yourself from being involved with anything connected to sexual activity. The Ramban says, I looked up the source and I saw, I didn't see Purushim from Arias, Purushim to you. Um, therefore, and, and, and even when I looked at another Safra, he says, what does it say? Kishem Shani Kodosh, Kach Atem Kedoshim. Kishem Shani Parush, Okay, so it's talking about God being a parush. So, doesn't just mean uh, doesn't just mean the, he, the ultimate uh, sybaritic uh, pleasure, take yourself away from sexual activity or, or arayas specifically. Precious we can find what that definition means. As we know, the Ramban says, look in Shas, look in the Mishnah, look in the Tosefta, look at all the places where the idea of a parush is, is mentioned. And if you take a look, what is that? Where do you see in the Talmud that people are called the Prushim? What do they do, these Prushim of the Talmud? Sometimes incorrectly translated you know, as the Pharisees of the of the of the of the New Testament. What was the Prushim about? Well, this is what being a parish is. The Torah is here about Rayos Masurim. The mitzvahs of the Torah, of course, are Arayos, yes, Macholim Asurim, foods that we're not supposed to eat. Vitira And of course, one is allowed to engage in sexual activity with his wife and to eat pretty good tasting meat. And drink very good wine. So if someone really has a, a, a sort of animalistic urge for sexual activity, he could. there's really no limit other than the laws of Anita for him to engage in sex with his wife. Oh, Noshavarabos, he might even have more than one wife. We know it's only the Dechem Ravenu Gerishom that, you know, that shackled husbands to, to only one wife. I'm not saying it was common, but it was not considered illicit or illegal. 
again, this will be another sheer one time, how common it was to have more than one wife and was, oh, you know, how, again, it's really a sheer for another time. But a person is definitely within the halachic rules to have many wives. Leos besova ve'yayin, besova basar lomo. And he could actually be one of the people who is very almost addicted to wine and really a glutton when it comes to meat. And not only that, the Adaber Kertzona Bechol Anavolos. Now, it's interesting, again, um, there are some who disagree with the Ramban on this point. Uh, there is a Pasuk called Unishmartem Mikol Dovara, which some say means you cannot, um, you know, look at lewd photos or things that uh, cause you uh, to become sexually excited. Included in that might be what he's talking about here, which is to talk dirty, to, to listen to dirty jokes, to speak in a very prosta manner. The Ramban says there is no love in the Torah specifically about that. And again, it sounds like the Ramban feels that pasuk that I mentioned before, does not apply to that. Guard yourself from anything that's ra. The Ramban says the Torah itself, until this pasuk, does not say, does not pro, pro, proscribe it, does not say it's illegal. And therefore, had it not been for Kedoshim Tiyu, and this is the term almost every, like, Beis Yaakov girl knows, and every, you know, high school boy, when they learn Ramban, knows, V'hine yia novel b'rshusa Torah. A novel b'rshusa Torah. Okay. Meaning, basic, you're a novel. <laughs> Did I violate anything? No. And again, I'm translating this as not the losases, those are mitzvos. In other words, after the Torah tells you the mitzvos, the negative commandments and what you can't do, then he gives this command. That's the command to separate yourself from things we the Torah did not proscribe specifically. So once again, as he's going to say, that means they're having less sexual activity. And then he quotes, of course, we, we dealt with this Gemara. Um, and uh, and therefore, by having Kedoshim to you, you realize that now, again, I don't want to go, we've talked a lot about the Ramban and the Rambam's opinion. Um, does the Ramban mean that um, if you've already been Makayim Pru or Vu, that this mitzvah is telling you not to engage in sexual activity? I, I think the word, and just to say parenthetically here, obviously, if, 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 if your wife is desirous of the uh, sexual engagement, that's also part of the mitzvah. Uh, it doesn't just mean the Ramban says, based on Kedoshim to you, once you have your children, that you're just supposed to live in separate bedrooms or whatever it is. I don't think that's what the Ramban means. Um, could mean, like the Gemara says, once a week, whatever it is. That's all part of the Kiyama Mitzvah. Kiyama Mitzvah doesn't just mean Pru or Vu here. Of course, people are going to drink wine. It was the standard drink of the day. Shiva, who's been learning with us, we, we did a whole sugi about 
the consistency of drinking, how consistently they drank wine every day. Of course, they drank wine every single day. That was their normal drink. But take it um, in small quantities. As you know, from as the Torah writes, by a nozer, he's kadosh. The yiskar haros on his men of So in other words, when you look at the Torah, and not just, and you read the language of the mitzvos, you see, ah, oh, the nozer is called a kodesh l'ashem, kodesh l'ashem elokov. Why is he called kadosh? Aha, because he is even limiting himself more from wine. And of course, Noach and Lot are in the Torah, the stories of Noach and Lot. They're also there to impact you on this mitzvah. Now, uh, before we get to the next part, I think what you're seeing here, and, and the Ramban later says this, that he compares this to Vasisa Yosher Vatov. He actually says, and I'm, I'm just going to read that. He says, "Be'elu behen, haklolis." This is a general mitzvah. Parat First, it tells us things which are completely oser, and then you have this general klal. Again, we'll talk about it later. And then what that means, I'm going to get back to that in a minute. He also refers to it here as well. I'm just skipping a little because I want to show you. He says, The Torah, that's what the Torah does. It gives details and then it gives you this all-encompassing statement that you are supposed to comprehend what it means based on the details. And then he once again repeats what he says later about you have the details about stealing, the details about uh, cheating, the details about hurting people, and then it says Shabbos is the same way. The Torah writes, don't do melocha, and then it refers to the tarachim ba'asei kloli, it says tishbot. Now even though most of the Tarachim that he's talking about, we would say is, it's not Shabbistic, it's Muktzah, and all those things are technically rabbinical. The Ramban believes that they are essentially from the Torah. What Nehemiah, whether it was the Bezin of Nehemiah who decreed Muktzah, uh, or perhaps other Bateidinim, what they were doing was responding to the word Tishbos. You see what Shabbos is supposed to be. Obviously, what was happening in the time of Nehemiah, that the Jews were basically bartering and technically not caring in Rishos Arabim, but engaged in business activity and doing all sorts of moving and schlepping and turning the day into the opposite of a Yom Menucha and thinking about God, because they didn't violate any of the Averos. Ramban says the answer to what they were doing was, the Pasuk says, Tishbos. So basically, what I'm trying to show you here is the Ramban has already created this parallel. Asisa Yoshevatov, Tishpos, Kedoshim, these are all Kololius type of uh, uh, commandments that are meant now to, to, to really push what a, re- a Jew is supposed to be. It's, it, the, it's, it's, it's not just, it's, it's not beyond the Torah. It's what the Torah is asking you to become. 
The Torah is asking you to be a Ishiosher Matov. The Torah is asking you to have a real Shvisa. And the Torah is, 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 is also pushing you and for you to understand that you have to be a Kadosh. And Kadosh here, again, does, it means to be Parush. Now, let me just, I, I want to, in this regard, go back to one detail in the Ramban, which I think will uh, bond him a little bit to the Ramban. So let's take a look here. One of the things that you're supposed to be a parish in, those of you that are, are, are living now in the 21st century, after so many years of not keeping these laws, look what it says. Which means, now, you're going to tell me, well, today everybody's tummy, it doesn't mean anything. All right, so I, I'm going to agree with you. I, I don't know... Uh, this part, I'm a little bit in doubt. Obviously, Kohanim should not go into hospitals, even though they might be Tomei anyway. Uh, hospitals where people might be dying, uh, or whatever it is, or go visit, gra- go, go. they should be Nizar in their cemeteries and stuff like that. I, I agree all that. Whether this still applies to us today, uh, in other words, things that we know might be Tomei, not to be touching, should we be Pirish ourselves from Tuma? It might not be relevant today, but it definitely was relevant in the time uh, that Claudius Yisrael was knowing Betum Betahara. Ava Torah. The Torah doesn't say that if you're a non-Kohen who doesn't have to do Avoda, that you can't become Tomei. You can go in a room where there's a mace. You can sit on a couch that Anida has sat on. But we know, the Gemara says, Big Day it's Medris Leprusha. If you're a porus, then you don't, you assume every, the begging of an amaretz, of an unlearned person, is Tomei, and you consider yourself Tomei, and you won't eat truma or other things like that. Or even if you touch truma, the Kohen isn't going to eat it. You treat the amaratzim and their clothing and their sofas and, and, and anything they might have sat on as if it's an avatuma. And he says, look at the nose here. Um, yes, yes, go ahead. Uh, I have a question about this, uh, this uh, uh, the meaning of this word, uh, uh, perush, right? Uh, is that to discern, to separate, right? It could mean to, like you be, should be a discerning person, know the difference. Would that mean like more refining? I think the Ramban, all right, okay. The etymology of the word lefaresh, parush, uh-huh. it definitely means when you take, for example, let, let me say a parish of Rashi, or a parish on a on, on a on a text. What okay. does a parish do? A parish basically looks at the 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 firm textual words and then creates a way to understand that. So in a way, it separates itself from the text. And it's able to use this, this, these terms to go back to the text and make it relevant. That's what a parish does. The parish mm-hmm. is something that is extracted, right? Okay. Now, so in that way, the Ramban is telling us that you need to be parish from, in other words, here's the network, here's the framework of what the Torah literally says, Zosser. Remove yourself back from that because you understand what the Torah really wants. 
he says when it comes to a nazir, the nazir's kedusha is not just from drinking wine; it's also from tumas ames. And therefore, the Ramban says that a person should stay away from making himself tomeh. Now, this is the Ramban in Parshas Kedoshim. Let's take a look at the Rambam in Hilchas Tumas Ochlin. The, the Rambam says, Again, with, I don't want to go far afield, but the Rambam uh, many times in his Mishnah Torah finishes a certain section of halachos with what we would call a machshava idea. He, he, he takes, you know, he sort of puts on a little bit of a philosophical hat. And you'll find it at the end of various sections, uh, sometimes at the end of uh, various halachos, the Rambam. And those are the places where you can see, the, I guess, the beginning uh, of the Moranavuchim approach. Okay, so look what he writes here in the Mishnah Torah at the end of Hilchas Tumas Ochlin, which is, right? You are, you are allowed, the food has become Tame, uh, right? The Zav or whatever it was has touched it. You can eat that food. You can, that, even though that, right? Chasinim Arishonim Ochlin Chulin Betara. What they would do was, they would eat chulin as if it was truma. And they would only be tohar when they would eat their peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And they would be careful. They're not kohanim. They, oh, I don't want to become tummy. No, no, I'm sorry. I can't go into that room. No. They're called perushim. So the Rambam was was acutely aware of what the Rambam is. Let me say it better. The Rambam was acutely aware of what the Ramban goes out of his way to encourage us to do. Remember what it is. Don't become Tomei in any way. Stay away from things that make yourself Tomei. The Rambam says, I know about that. He says that is called real Kedusha. Like that, that's like pushing the Kedusha. It's called Chasidus. It's going beyond what you have to do. That you're separated from everybody. And this way, you don't really touch them. No hugs. Even before, you know, social distancing was common. No, I'm not touching you. No, I'm sorry. I'm not going to get, right? I'm not going to eat and drink with most people. In other words, the, the Rambam is saying this idea of, 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 of Kedusha or Precious that the Ramban is saying is really a, uh, a, a, a it's desirous for everyone to really be that way. The Rambam is saying is, is really Kedusha Yaseira. That's something that Purushim did and what it meant was not, let me explain this better. The, the Rambam says that it's because, not that you shouldn't become Tomei. It's that most people don't care about Tuma. You shouldn't be connected to them. In other words, the Ramban says there's something beneficial 
even if you're a non-Kohen, by not being Tomei. It makes you holier. It changes you. It's somehow, it's similar to the effect of not drinking wine, giving in to the taiva, and not being involved in too much sexual activity. Rabbi Tibblevitz? Yes, yes. Isn't, I mean, isn't there a trade-off here in terms of achdut? Like you're, 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 you're splitting the, the, the B'nai Israel into categories this way? Isn't that, I thought that was, a, that was an iser to, to do that. Okay, so you're correct, Jack. The way the Rambam is looking at things, the Rambam is talking about what the elitists are going to do. In other words, the given is that most people don't care about being Tomei. The artifice of telling people, you want to be like a Kayan, you want to treat it, you want to, everything you eat, treat it like it's truma. Don't even get involved with the Hamon because you don't want to become quote-unquote Tomei. Now, it's not going to really affect, you haven't been over any mitzvah, but by urging people to be this way, from the Rambam's perspective, what happens? What happens is, is that you stay away from the masses. You don't eat and drink with them. And by doing that, they are the ones who are the novel Rishus HaTorah of the, of, of, the, of, the, of the Ramban. And therefore, what happens is, Shaprishus Meviyelidei Tyrus Aguf Mimaisim Aroyim. Because they aren't around, you're not eating and drinking with them and hanging out with them, they aren't models of behavior for you. And therefore, your body is not doing the Averis they're doing. And, and then the fact that you stop doing those type of Averis that they're probably doing, the Tyrus Aguf may de Kedushas Hanefesh. And then you go to the next step, according to the Rambam, which is. The, the, right? Now you're going to think like a philosopher. Now you're going to think like a, like a tzaddik or a philosopher or someone who's thinking about God in the correct way. And once you have Kedushas HaNefesh, which is your mind, Goremes, what does that cause you to do? Lihidomos Bishchina. That makes you similar in a way to God himself to the Shrina. Shinamar Viskadashtem Vyisim Kedoshim. And that now, that's the Rambam, not the Ramban. Now again, I told you they're similar, but different. I believe the Rambam is explaining, and he's sort of dangling the idea. Look, this is Hilchastumas Ochlin. Some of you are saying, eh, I don't need it. Right? <laughs> yeah, I'm not a Kayan. Eh, what do I care? I'm reading the laws of the Rambam, and the Rambam is giving a little bit of a push here and saying, yeah, I know most of you, this isn't so relevant to you. But for others, this might be the gateway to follow the Derech of the Prushim, because by being Nizar from Tuma, that's really a means of staying away from the matting crowd. And you're right, Jack, those people are going to be different. How they will influence the Klal, I'm not sure. Maybe by giving... Brochos, maybe by giving Psokim from the Ivory Tower, they aren't going to be uh, involved with the masses because the masses aren't going to be keeping this. Now, the Ramban, on the other hand, does not say that. The Ramban hopes that everybody will eventually 
get that way. He, he, in other words, the Ramban doesn't say stay away from the bad guys. The Ramban says don't be a bad guy. Don't be a novel. Realize that the Torah wants you to be a parush. And hopefully everyone can be that. I think that's a, a very important difference that the Rambam sees a parush and, 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 and being a kadosh as something that you have to be a madrega to attempt. And it definitely isn't a command to do. It is, a, it is what a chassid would do. Whereas I think the Ramban believes that kadoshim to you is really, is really the, really the essence of what the Torah wants. Now let me make that point even further about Tuma specifically. I believe that the Ramban does not see Tuma as a straw man, which is the way the Rambam sees it. Tuma is just another way of saying it's not that there's something like there's something. Oh, you have the the, you, the unholiness is in you. The the I don't know what the word, the pollution is inside of you. The tumma is inside of you. The Rambam says, no, it's not about the tumma being inside of you. It's, it's the fact that since you've decided to stay away from what everybody else is doing, so you're going to become a better person. Whereas the Ramban feels that there's something truly different about someone, even though he's not a Kayan, who never becomes Tame. He, he actually is a different, he has a different Kedusha, a different mindset, somehow he's different. The same way the person who who limits his sexual activity is less sensual, and the person who's less of a, a drinker is someone who's who's a, 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 the teetotaler, knows how to exercise restraint, and he's a different human being, the person who doesn't open himself up to Tuma all the time is somehow a, a, a more sensitive person to spiritual things. Uh, do you hear the difference, Jack, what I'm saying? Yeah, you're, you, I, think you, I think you muted yourself. No, I, I do see that, but I, what I'm asking about is, I thought that there was some, that there was a halacha about not creating sort of sections or, or ketot within the Jewish people. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so that's a good question. Losis go to do um, is generally about shnei. It's like, for example, in a place who, like, you're wearing tefillin on chalamayir and you're not. Isn't that losis go to do right? That's that would be a, a standard question. Or do we allow this woman halachically tsaras erva? Do we allow her or not uh, for a yibum? Machlokas beishama beisilel. So there. There's a low Cisco who says there needs to be a, uh, a standard halachic uh, approach for everyone, at least in the same area. All right. So the, the idea of, 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 of low Cisco to do, you can't have a gudot, a gudot, a gudos, a gudos. That's basically about halachic action. The fact that there's going to be people who are who are machmir on things, who decide that they want to be more careful. That is really part of the human condition. That is not making different ketos in, in, in Judaism. Now, what needs to be their attitude in terms of love and respect towards the other? 
that has to be pure. That cannot be a sense of imperiousness or a sense of haughtiness or being something greater or, or, or not caring. So, but, but the human condition cannot abide a monolithic uh, equalizing of everyone. That doesn't happen. There's always going to be, you know, people who, are, who have a, a greater uh, spiritual longing and, and have a, a discipline to be able to be, uh, to push themselves for more. That, that, that's not idea of not creating achdus. Um, I, I think that, you know, the problem is when it becomes a sense of, of, of victoriousness or that, uh, shaming or, or, or not caring or, 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 or being prejudiced towards them. I think that's when you have this sense of, 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 of period. But, but Jack, let, let me reemphasize. I think what the Ramban wants is everybody should become a parish. Everyone. That's the whole idea of the Torah. The same, look, look at what the Ramban did. Everyone should, should, should not handle muktza. Everyone should not use Shabbos as a business day. Everyone should understand to expand the basic principles of the mitzvahs of the Torah to, to now relate to, um, Bar Metzra and all the other laws that the rabbis do, don't view that as some rabbinical uh, takana. That's really what the Torah wants. And everybody should realize that you shouldn't be saying, you know, uh, we're a baby. Was it a week till your next period? Every single night we're going to be involved. No, that is against the Torah. That is now. Now, Joe, when you, I'm not sure, Joe, asked, and again, I'm not trying to embarrass you, Joe, you're asking me what's considered too much. What is considered too much? Um, I think the Ramban sort of gave us the sense of, you know, obviously drinking in moderation um, and, um, and and sometimes too much is sometimes you need a little bit more. Sometimes a person needs to take uh, take a break. He needs to allow himself certain pleasures just because for his mental well-being. But I think that the Ramban trusts us to know when you're going too far, what's considered pushing yourself. Um, I think, again, the, the, the Rambam is very consistent with his elitist perspective, which is, as he says, because he doesn't expect most of the people to reach this level of he domos Was the did the Ramban believe that they could? I think the Ramban had a greater, um, no, if it's uh, a greater uh, conviction and a greater belief in what Klal Yisrael could do than the Rambam. I think the Rambam was influenced by uh, the, the philosophical view of the world that saw the Yechidei school as very, very small. And the, and the Rambam speaks about this often, how, you know, even when he wrote the Moranavuchim to that one student who could understand it. And when the Rambam in Akdama de Perisha Mishnah talks about how whole cities uh, could exist only for the sake of the, philosoph- of the philosopher Tzadik who could spend the night in that town. So I think that the, the, in, in the Rambam's way of looking at things, he's writing a book for everyone, but he's, at the end, he's dangling the hint about how you could become a, 
a Merkava for the Shechina. But he doesn't say that that is a mitzvah from the Torah. I think what he says is that uh, there's a possibility to become great that the Torah knows about, but it's not a mitzvah. Whereas according to the Ramban, I think it is. Um, just to show you uh, this difference about Tuma, I want to quote here uh, the words of uh, Rav Meir Simcha in the Meshachachma. Where the Nazar is called Kadosh Hula Hashem. He's a Kadosh. So look at the look at what Rav Meir Simcha writes. Now, there was no greater, uh, I hate using this word, but there's no greater fan of the Rambam and person who understood the Rambam in the 20th century, probably greater than Rav Meir Simcha uh, of Dvinsk. The Or Sameach is considered a classic, a safer, and it's almost like um, even Rav Chaim uh, Soloveitchik, uh, was, or actually his son, I'm sorry, the Briskarov, uh, refers to Rav Meir Simcha's understanding of the Rambam as being extremely primary. Look what he says. Don't think that, that the Nazir is Kodosh because of his actions. But in essence, he doesn't become holier. Lachain Omar, the Pasuk says, Kol Nizro, Hashem. That's what it's saying. He is like a, uh, it's not just that he has to act holy. He becomes holy. His, his, his essence is, ho- is holiness. Kihu Nase Muso. Loso. He is removed. He is, he is, becomes, Kivan Shu Minamosros. You become a different being. There's something different about his body, about the, the matter that, that, that his soul inhabits. It becomes purer. And that's why um, he, he goes on to say, again, he's using this principle to explain why uh, we blame the Nazir and we make him bring a carbon when a, a, a person dies. The Torah says it was Bepesa. It was a complete accident. There's no way he could have determined that someone was going to have a heart attack and die right there. And yet he still brings a carbon. Why does he bring a carbon? What did he do wrong? It wasn't his fault that the guy didn't take his nitro and died right there. And the Torah says, Masher chota ala nefesh, ala nefesh. He sins, the Pasha Pshat is he sinned by becoming Tomei. How did he sin by becoming Tomei? So he says, Kivin shu ish kodosh verum hamayla. Since he's different, Sorach lohavi kapara al she'ira shemes ish baholo. He's almost like a supernatural being, and therefore, it, it it sort of shouldn't have happened that a person dies in the same room that he's in. Now, where do you see that? So he brings a parallel to the Kohen Gadol. 
the Kohen Gadol was somehow to blame for murders or accidental murders that are that happen under his watch. And he says, a Nazar is like a Kohen Gadol. Somehow, he, his, his responsibility factor, because he's like a different type of being, because he's sort of like a holy being, he's held more responsible. The same way the Kohen Gadol was somehow responsible for the people who die accidentally, the, the Nazar is responsible if in his Dalit Amis, in his, the room that he's in, someone has died. It's sort of like an indicator that there's something wrong with him because of the level that he reached by being a Nazar. The Gemara, and he says, the Gemara says about uh, Rabbi Shua ben Levi that uh, a lion uh, attacked a person and mauled him and ate the person. And because of that, Elio Anobi did not speak to him. So therefore, even if, the mayor Simcha says, even if the Nazir had to make himself Tomei, let's say he was a mace mitzvah, there's nobody else to bury that person. The Nazir still brings a carbon. Because, again, so this shows you, this is like the spooky music should go on. Do, 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 right? All of a sudden, he becomes something different by being Mufrash. Now, I don't know, again, I don't know if the Ramban agrees to this, but, but, but it, my, this is the next step after the Ramban, that doing these actions, being a Parush, makes you a different type of being, just like the Nazar is. And you become, as he says, Batsmusai. You become something different. And again, this is close to what the Rambam says, which means you become this philosopher who understands the world of ideas and you become similar to the Shrena. But this is, this language, I believe, although Rambam doesn't say it, I think he would have been more comfortable with it. And I think he probably would agree to this, to this Kiddush of the Meshachachma. Um, Okay, so I promised today uh, that we were going to finish by nine. So I, I want to, in the 15 minutes, 16 minutes that we have remaining, I, I was going to go into the Ramban in Parshas, um, uh, in Parshas Kiseitse, and uh, go through the exact debate between him and the Rambam. But in order to finish on time, uh, I would like to um, give everybody a sense of the thanksgiving that the Rishonim had for the Rambam and the Ramban. Um, I'll start with um, the Rashbats. The Rashbats was Rav Shimon Tzemach Duran. I've talked about uh, his older contemporary, the Rivosh. As you can see, he was born in 1361 in Majorca. Um, eventually, as a young age, came to Spain. And he was part of uh, the, the first um, exile of the Jews from Spain in 1391. And even at the young age of 30, he was part of the Rivosh's Bezdin in Algiers. 
one of the things I, I want to uh, indicate about him is that, um, as you can see, that um, not only, like the Ralbag, not only did he learn Talmud and Halacha, but he also was, he was he studied mathematics, the other sciences or wisdoms that were known at the time. Uh, he spoke Arabic uh, fluently. Um, and uh, he knew, of course, about philosophy. Um, and he actually earned whatever sort of degree was able to earn. Uh, he was a qualified doctor. Uh, and he was able to make a living in Spain as a young man, as a doctor. Now, um, eventually, after the he, the Rivosh died, uh, he became the Rev of Algiers. And uh, what's interesting, of course, is that um, he writes when he's trying to explain why he's taking money. So he says that even though the Rambam was against the rabbi taking money, that he felt that, especially now that uh, the exile has uh, occurred, uh, it's very difficult, Rabbanim should contract with their communities to take a salary. Because this way they could do their job well. Now, even though the Rambam was against this, the Rashbats writes, he says, I'm not trying to make money to, 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 to get covered. That's not the reason why I'm the rabbi here. Um, the truth is, is that I had money when I was in Spain. And I, I, had, I had learned how to be a doctor. And the truth was, in Spain, you could make a living being a doctor. But now that there was the Inquisition and there was a schmad, and we had to run away to North Africa, and all and most of our possessions were 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 left in Spain. So, everybody has a right in these difficult conditions to do what it takes to create a learning class. And if what it takes to to create a learning class to sit and learn is to get a parnosa, then I'm going to take money from my community. If I could make money here in this new country, then I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have taken the salary. And I'm not going to go back to some other country uh, in Europe uh, because things there are billable. It's, it's, it's a billable going on, various persecutions there, and therefore I'm, I'm going to stay here and take money. So basically, he's very familiar with the Rambam's opinion. And on his own, he took money. I want to read to you one of the greatest works the Rashbats wrote was a short sefer that was the Asharos of Gabiro, of Shimon, of Shimon uh, Ibn Gabiro. Gabiro wrote a poem that had all the mitzvos uh, that should be Enumerated, and it was it was it was it was sung on Shvuos as a piyut, and people studied it. On that poem, the Rosh Duran of Shimon Semachturan wrote a commentary in which he deals with all the Tariag mitzvos. I want you to read. I want you to hear 
how he describes uh, the 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 relationship of the Ramban and the Rambam. He writes here that Harava Goro Rambam Himik Biyun Bizeh Vaosa Klolim Roy Lismechaleim. The Rambam really developed this area of Jewish thought, which was what's considered a Tariag Mitzvah. And he made principles for of which to rely on. And those Klolim, which are sometimes called Shroshim, the Gon, meaning the Baal Hilchos had done things that had not been straight. And the Rambam therefore said that he's, he's definitely made some mistakes, and the Rambam piled on and really accused him of massive intellectual, uh, massive intellectual uh, wrong thinking. And the Ramban felt, because of the prestige of the of the Bahag and other for other reasons, that he was going to fight a strong fight. And therefore, he amazingly showed how opinions of the Bahag in the terms of mitzvos could be correct. That it's not like the Rambam says that the Bahag was a piker and shouldn't have written the things. There was a method to what the Rambam considered this uh, this erratic writing of mitzvahs by the Bahag. If you've got both of these books, which are like one book, the Rambam's principles and attacks on the Bahag, and the Ramban's defense. Each one showed their strength, their ability. And remember, this was written in the beginning of the 15th century, around 1414 or something like that. Okay? About 200 years after uh, the Rambam's death. Look how amazing they are that they had all of Shas in front of them. By learning their books, it gave simpletons like me, it made me smart. It can give people who are, who are, who, who, who are sort of like, you know, people who aren't that bright, who could believe anything, uh, it, 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 it gives them sharpness. Anyone who thinks he's smart, who thinks he knows Shas, when he sees these books, when he sees the books written by Rambam and Ramban, and he sees them and he understands, he now you realize what you knew before was it was like a mustard seed in the Atlantic Ocean. The way your knowledge is expanded, even a, great, a person who thinks he's great, by learning just these two svarim of the Rambam and the Ramban, you'll realize that how much you now know. What you knew before was nothing. 
and especially in Yamaka Iyun, Bechol Osa Malocha Shehevi Kol Echameyem Besifro B'Mekom Oseyem B'Talmud. Especially if what you do is not just read the Rambam and the Ramban, but go back into the sources that each one is quoting. That if you use these books of these men to deepen your understanding of the of of, of those of that material, the things that they quote, and you'll be able to see the places from which they get their ideas from, and you follow in their footsteps and walk in their shoes, doing the work or going back to what they did. You'll see yourself as a brand new being. Because there's a different spirit in you. By studying their words, we can, we can, the Rashbat says, like he did, tap into that incredible brain and spirit that was on them. And, and by, by doing that, in other words, first of all, understanding how great they were, reading their words, seeing what they're saying, understanding, and then going back through what they're saying to do your own learning. And now you could sort of imagine yourself that you, you, are, you are worthy to sit in this academy of bright people. It's almost like they're, they're not alive anymore. But if you do this, you can ask a question and you can somehow hear their response. Or, Yishaluhu, they can ask you something. Vyoshiv. <laughs> and you can give an answer. How, how mushar, how in, in such great shape intellectually is someone who could actually by learning their svarim, have them come alive for him. And it's, if he, it's as if you're hearing new Torah from their mouth. The little bit of, 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 of honey that we have from them, their words in Sefer Mitzvahs, and I'm going to expand that to the Ramban's Parashan Chumash and what the Rambam writes in Moranavuchim and in Mishnah Torah. This Dvash that they have bequeathed to us. Oro uru oro anenu, our eyes are enlightened. Im zachinu ledaber pe el pe, and you know what? Um, <laughs> if we could be zocha somehow to have spoken to them, ulai haysalena ruach tahara, maybe we would have actually had the spirit of purity. V'zachinu lekeser shemtov. We could call ourselves the smallest of the students of the smallest of their students. And even though the Ramban and the Rambam understood that they, they admitted that they were not as great as the ones before them, in other words, they were only like the Heichal, which was 20, not like the Ulam, which was 40. It would be possible to disagree 
Just like the Ramban and Rambam disagree, you are able to disagree with them as well. As much as we're going gaga over these men, we have to realize that this process of studying them can allow us to eventually disagree, perhaps, if we don't understand it. If we can find something that is a clear contradiction in what they're saying, we can argue with them. And we can actually not only join them, but we can be critical. And not just say, well, I, I don't know what to say. It's in the Ramban. I can't argue with the Ramban. I learned from those two. And therefore, I was able to write sort of sometimes what I thought was the, the proper approach about mitzvahs. Sometimes I thought there was something about them that I didn't understand. And even if all I'm saying is I'm not sure that the CUL or it somehow helps the other side, or maybe what I'm saying totally goes against both of them or something totally new that I was able to figure out or something that I thought they somehow missed, or I can somehow determine something based on a place that they don't mention. But most of what I'm doing is to try to learn from and become learned through their words. So this, I think, is a way the Rajbats has given us his thanks for these men and how much they meant to him and his approach. And I think we can use these words of thanksgiving to not necessarily to, to first of all, recognize who we're dealing with and to be encouraged to advance as much as we can in their sources and check everything out. And maybe even as the Rashbats did to join them and to even be critical and that's the Thanksgiving table I'd like to be at, which is the intellectual table that these men have set for us. And I think that's, it should give all of us, you know, some of us might feel that, like, who are, who are we? And I think that the Rashbats is really able to put in perspective how great they were, how, how, how incredible their minds were, to put us in our place before we get there, but also to, 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 to tell us how great the swim is, and how incredible the enjoyment of diving into their words are. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.